Women Taking the Lead, Episode 224. Once you get this organizational thing nailed, and everyone can be organized. It's a myth that you can't. It's a skill that you need to learn. Once everybody knows they can get organized and starts taking action on that, the byproduct is you're going to be organized with a lot of extra time, and then you too can follow your passion and your dream and make your impact on the world that you are meant to do. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. The nature of work is changing again. The internet has enabled more people to become self-employed professionals and small business owners, more connected, mobile, more autonomous, and working in new jobs that could not have been imagined just a few years ago. To keep up, check out FreshBooks at freshbooks.com forward slash lead. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Lisa Woodruff, who is a professional organizer, productivity specialist, and author of The Mindset of Organization, Take Back Your House One Phase at a Time. Lisa believes organization is not a skill you're born with. It is a skill that is developed over time and changes with each season of life. Lisa has helped thousands of women reclaim their homes and finally get organized with her practical tips, encouragement, and humor through her blog and podcast at Organize365.com. Lisa, especially in this season of cleaning and reorganizing, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on Women Taking the Lead. And your bio is awesome, and I love it, and I get inspired every time I read it. But it's just a little, it's like a 10,000-foot view of you in your life. So if you could, tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Well, Jody, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I love doing podcast interviews and meeting other women who are entrepreneurially minded and looking to grow their leadership skills. I love leadership. Mm-hmm. So I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. I have two teenage kids right now, almost 16 and 17 years old, and I have always been a organized person. I was a born organized person. And I did just fine until the year that I was going to turn 40. Like the five years preceding that were an accumulation of a bunch of different events that had happened in our life that just led us to the point where I was turning 40. I had quit my job in December. Our house was a wreck. I mean, like every single drawer was a junk drawer. And we still had sippy cups in our house. And my kids were in middle school at that time. I thought, how in the world did I get so disorganized? I have always been an organized person. I could organize other people. Like that's something that I kind of prided myself on. I was an organized person and I was totally unorganized. So I spent the three months before I turned 40 launching Organize 365 as a blog and figuring out, well, if I was this disorganized and I was going to get organized again, I might as well do it on a blog where people could follow me. And it was at that time that I realized that there are different phases in a woman's life. And I was moving from the accumulation stage of 20s and 30s into the survival stages of 40s and 50s, where you live in your car and your kids are teenagers and you just need different organizational strategies for each stage of life that you're in. Okay, this I'm curious about because I kind of get the accumulation phase, but in my mind, I thought that was every phase of life. Can you break down the phases for us? 
Sure. So the first phase is childhood. It's birth to 21. You're either born organized or you're not. And if you're not, if you have organized parents, then they help you get organized. But if you don't have organized parents, then you just kind of get through childhood without having to organize your room. (laughs) And then you move out on your own sometime between 18 and 25. And you start what I call the accumulation stage of life, which is until about the age of 40. And in the accumulation stage of life, you're accumulating houses and spouses and jobs and kids. And even if you don't get married and have kids, you're still accumulating because that new apartment that you rented, you want to hang up a picture and you realize you don't own a hammer and nails. And every single thing you set out to do in your 20s, you realize you don't own the tools that your parents owned in their house and you have to go out and buy the tools or learn how to do what it is you're doing. And you're accumulating all kinds of items and knowledge. And then there is something that happens when you turn 40. If you're not 40 yet, you don't understand, (laughs) but it really does happen at the age of 40 where you just get a different mindset and you're not as worried about what everybody else thinks anymore. And you have a different like perspective on life, but it's also in your 40s and early 50s when you're in your highest income earning years and when your parents and grandparents start to rely on you and you enter the sandwich generation. If you've had children, you have children, parents, your job, your home, all weighing on you at the same time. You have the most amount of responsibility you'll ever have in your life and the least amount of time to get it done. And then sometime around the age of 55, 60, it starts to lessen this amount of responsibility that you have. And you have a little bit more time in your life where you could think about how to downsize all the accumulations that you've accumulated in 55 years and what kind of a legacy you really want to pass on to the next generation. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. It totally makes sense. And you know what? I talked about this in a different way because those phases of our life actually causes us to do those things with with not just stuff, but also with relationships. Mm-hmm. I talk about it in terms of relationships where, you know, in our, you know, in the first part of our life, we're just figuring out like how to be a friend who, you know, who we are, like in the first 20 years, and even probably going into 30, we're just trying to figure out who we are. And so yes. we're just and we do we're, and especially in the 20s and 30s, we're accumulating people accumulating people. Yes. But then when we get into what you call the, that sandwich generation phase of where you you have the most responsibility with the least amount of time, that's when you also start getting very selective about who you give your time to. Yes. And it's usually like only people who are reciprocal or only people who share my values, only people who, you know, are in alignment with me. We get very selective about our friends and we go through this weeding process um, intentionally or unintentionally, we will phase certain people out and invite some people in. And so I never thought of it in terms of our stuff yeah, too. Yeah. But, but as you were talking, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> she's right. <laughs> I also am, I'm in my forties and even though I don't have kids and I don't, I'm not married, I do feel the, I have the most responsibility yes. right now in my life and the least amount of time. You're so right. Yes. <laughs> scary, scary. All right, Lisa, that was a great kickoff. So now we're going into the next phase of this conversation where we're going to talk about uh, playing small moment. These moments we we typically share, you know, it's a human experience where we don't fully recognize our full value. And, you know, and this we go through phases of this because, you know, we're not quite sure what we're capable of. Then we do something that proves that we're capable of more than we thought we were. 
before and then we're on to the next thing. We're always more capable of what we think we are, but sometimes there are those moments that really hit it home for us. So if you could share with us a plain small moment of yours and the lessons you've learned from it. So when I started Organize 365, I had been in a direct sales company prior called Creative Memories. I was in it for over a decade. I was a leader. I loved it. And it went bankrupt a couple of times. So when I started Organize 365 as a blog, I knew eventually I could make money on a blog, but my husband knew I could make money in direct sales. And so he said, find a direct sales company and start selling something. So I joined Clever Container, which is an organizational product company. I'm not currently a member, but I was then. And And how this is sold is like most direct sales companies sell their things. You go into people's homes and you do little parties and you show whatever your widget is and talk about how awesome it is. So I was showing these acrylic plastic containers and the company was really young, so we didn't have a huge product line. And I'd been doing this for decades. So I'd been to a lot of parties and I'd done a lot of parties. And my largest party was, I don't know, maybe 14 people. But when I started with Clever Container, my parties were so big. They were 19 people, 21 people, 25 people jammed in somebody's living room. So after the third party like this, I looked at the hostess and I thought for sure there would be people that I knew. That's why there were so many people coming. And I didn't know any of these people. And I said, why are there so many people here? Not what you should ask, right? And she said, (laughs) well, Lisa, everyone wants to know what a professional organizer has to say. And I was like, oh, that's me. I'm a professional organizer. Like I had no idea that's what I was called or that's what the next day I started my professional organization business. Like literally within a week I had my packages made and everything ready to go into people's homes and organize. And I never looked back, but I didn't know that's what I was or what I should be doing until I asked. And somebody said, you're a professional organizer. (laughs) It's way beyond selling these plastic containers. So that was a really big aha moment. I just couldn't even see it. I was too close to it. Oh, you know what? I love that you tell this story, Lisa, because I I find a lot of people go like have that type of moment where it's somebody else who points out to them, well, you're already doing this. You're already really good at this, you know, and it's and for me as a coach, I find I'm I'm saying that a lot like that. That's part of my job is to like to kind of be a mirror to other people, you know, when they're asking questions or expressing doubts to hold up the mirror and be like, well, you're already pretty awesome. Yeah, (laughs) you know, right. (laughs) Like, so this is really great. And, uh, you know, I remember um, I was a part of an organization teaching people, you know, how to how to do some sales, how to do inviting, that sort of thing. And somebody tried to make a case for me why they weren't really good at it when they had already been responsible for several other people to join us like they had invited them. you know, and joined the group. I'm like, well, you know, the proof is in the pudding, you know, it's right here. And he was like, oh my God, I would have never noticed it. Right. Because sometimes we go through life with these stories in our head about who we are, what we're capable of, what we're not capable of. And sometimes we're, we're even doing it and we still don't see how good we are. So that is just, I love that story, Lisa. (laughs) So 
So take us a little further now, because the, the next thing I want you to share is a, like a wake up call moment. Like for a lot of us, we experience it one of two ways. It's either like a light bulb moment, like an aha, like suddenly everything clicks into place and we can see clearly. Or, you know, people joke about like, oh, the universe had to send me like five messages and then finally hit me over the head before I realized like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. But with with each case, however it happens for you, there's a moment where you're ready to take action. So if you could share with us what led up to that moment and then the steps you took that led to your success. So I started this blog in January of 2012, but I had a blog before this and I had been watching bloggers since 2008. And it just seemed like brands would court them and throw money at their feet to write these sponsored posts. And they just had all these awesome relationships and I was waiting for a brand to find me or somebody to find me and be like, you could be the next, you know, organizational queen and we want to partner with you and blah, 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 whatever it was going to be. And all, all along the way, that never happened. And finally, this spring, I have this project called the Sunday Basket. It's just a simple system of going through your daily mail and actionable to-dos. I put it in a basket and go through it on Sunday. So I call it the Sunday Basket. I've written ebooks about it, blog posts, podcasts. I talk about it all the time, the Sunday basket. So this spring I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll do virtual um, webinars so that people can learn about the Sunday basket. And instantly I had 30 people sign up in a couple of days to go to these three virtual Zoom classes that I had. And I figured, okay, great. These are all people who don't know anything about the Sunday basket. So I got on the Zoom classes and all except for one had already been doing the Sunday basket for at least six months. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, you already have a basket? They all, you know, you could see them all in the classroom. And they're like, yep. I'm like, why are you on this call? Like what? And they're like, yeah, but we have stuff in here. We don't know what to do with it. And, um, and we aren't held accountable for doing it. And we just want to do it with you. And I was like, okay. So then I was getting email at the same time that was saying, finally, finally you realize this is supposed to be a class. Pretty soon you're going to figure out that we could be licensed to do this in our city and I want to do it. And I was like, what do you mean finally? How come nobody's telling me this? You should reach out people if you have ideas for your podcasters or blogs that you follow. Email them, tell them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, licensing, like a direct sales company. This was just, you know, a couple of months ago. So I was like, all right, I put together a little program for professional organizers. And in my experience, being in a direct sales type community, if you're in somebody's home explaining how to do something is the great way to find future prospects. So it's great for marketing. So I put together this little Sunday basket licensing program that a few people have already started going through and I'm doing more virtual Sunday baskets online. So my mom was visiting me and I said, well, you know, mom, the problem is I've already made this contract and I've told people that they could sell any basket they want through 2017. But in 2018, there will be a organized 365 Sunday basket. And she says, well, what will it look like? I said, I have no idea, but I've got to figure it out because in order to get it done, I need to like start thinking about it. She said, all right, well, describe it to me. And within 10 minutes, I had described to her exactly what it would be. And before that, I didn't even know what it looked like. So she went home and I called her back. I said, can you come back next weekend and help me sew this idea? So I made the prototype. She came down and we sewed it. And then I reached out to um, someone who works with Chinese manufacturing companies and a manufacturer in Columbus, Ohio, to do the prototype. And within 21 days from the time that my mom had gotten that out of my brain, I had created a prototype in, in Columbus. They're still making it. It'll take them four weeks. 
as I was walking into that factory to have that prototype made, I knew that I could never sell those prototypes. They would cost more to make than I could ever sell them for. And they won't be pretty. They're going to be made out of canvas. They're not like decorative that you want on your kitchen counter. And they're not perfect because they don't have everything that I want in them. But that's what I'm always telling people online. Like organization is incremental. It's never Pinterest perfect. It doesn't have anything to do with containers. And I'm all about form over function and just taking the next step. Done is better than perfect. And so I made a Facebook Live video on the way in and the way out of that factory. And I said, you guys, I live my life the same way I'm telling you to organize your house. I'm not waiting until I have the perfect idea or know what the price point is going to be or people are asking for the Sunday basket before I'm taking action. I'm just taking action on my ideas and I'm not waiting anymore for someone to come find me and tell me what to do because that's never going to happen. It may work. It may not work, but I won't know until I take the action and do it. Oh, Lisa, that is perfect. There were several things in that story that I was like, boom, boom, (laughs) boom, right there, right there, right there. And it started off with one. I mean, we hear this all the time, but, you know, the, the advice we get in marketing our businesses, like, we'll talk to your audience, talk to your audience. But, you know, we're talking to our audience, but sometimes we don't realize there's a question we need to be asking. Mm-hmm. And it's moments like your Zoom calls when people who had already been doing the Sunday basket were on the call going, well, we need to get better at this. So you were here thinking, well, my community needs a beginner class to get this up and running. And what it actually needed was more of an intermediate or advanced class to take it to the next level. And then, oh my goodness, people on the call were like, well, I want to do this in my community. Now you're talking about way advanced, you know, you're talking business partners and all just from some, you know, just from starting. Yes. I think that's the thing that in in that was threaded through your entire story which had like a, an evolution of the Sunday basket was you just got to get started. You just have to do the first step because then you get the feedback right on what actually is needed. I love that. And are you going to test out your Sunday basket? Um I'm I'm imagining that's where your mind is going to next. What would be the next steps after the prototype comes back? Yes. Well, I ordered six. So I figure I need three or four people to test them, which by the time this podcast airs will have already happened. I have no idea how I'm only going to pick those three or four people. Um, and then to figure out how we would make this at a factory in China, but then you have to order in a quantity of a thousand. So do people even really like it? So the next step actually is to file my patent so I can then show the prototype to people because until I file the patent, I can't really show pictures or the prototype yet. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. So actually, this is a great segue now because you've already kind of revealed a part of this answer. But one thing I ask all my guests and I, I always want to convey in every episode is there is no one way to lead. We all have different personalities. We all have different strengths. And all of that blends together and becomes our leadership style. So Lisa, how would you describe your own leadership style? I feel that I I have a teaching background, and so I try to lead through education, motivation, and action. So I want to tell a story so that people can understand their own mindset and maybe get a different perspective. Like maybe just listening to this podcast, you realize, oh my gosh, I'm in the survival phase of life. You didn't realize that before. And I lead through grace. So the first thing I would say is, 
you, you have more on you than you have time to do. So we're going to have to prioritize. Don't worry. It's not all going to get done, but the important things are going to get done. So I change their mindset and then I give them grace and then I encourage them to take action. Like just do the next step because organization is a lifestyle. It is, it is a continual process. We're never done being organized, but you can get more and more organized every day. And the more organized you get, the more productive of a life you live. And I feel like the other way I lead is just by doing it. Like, although my house is organized now and I have more free time than I know what to do with, which is crazy. So I come up with all new like business ideas and then I get overwhelmed for a couple of days and then I'm back to having a lot of free time (laughs) because when you're organized, you have a lot of free time and you could do a lot of uh, fun and amazing things. And so that's what I usually encourage my community with is once you get this organizational thing nailed and everyone can be organized, it's a myth that you can't, it's a skill that you need to learn. Once everybody knows they can get organized and starts taking action on that, the byproduct is you're going to be organized with a lot of extra time. And then you too can follow your passion and your dream and make your impact on the world that you are meant to do. Mm -hmm. I oftentimes have people say that they, for the feedback I get from me is people are blown away with how much I get done in my business and how consistent and how the, you know, my podcast has been going for two years now and two episodes come out every week and they don't know how I keep up with it. And it's like, it is organization. Mm -hmm. It's having systems. It's having processes. It's where, you know, we're not trying to recreate the wheel every time we're doing an episode and, you know, and I love how your, your leadership style is actually perfect for the women in your community. It sounds like you have a lot of women like like I have in my community where there is some perfectionism <laughs> going on, a little bit of control, you know, and having that like come as you are and giving grace mm-hmm. is very important for people who are perfectionistic, especially women who are perfectionistic, because there's we get so stressed out by not having everything exactly the way it should be. But the only way we get our lives to where it needs to be is if we allow ourselves to be a little imperfect along the way. Absolutely. You need to be sure you are ready to meet the needs of your business and your customers. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. The most important thing for everyone listening is that getting started on FreshBooks is extremely simple. Before you know it, you will be creating customized invoices, gaining insights on your customers, collecting deposits, and online payments. With FreshBooks, there is an easy-to-use dashboard that will keep you informed on how your business is doing. There's support for any questions you may have, and you'll have automated late payment reminders sent to your clients so you don't have to do that manually. FreshBooks is making it easier for you to feel comfortable with the money side of your business. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. And to claim it, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash lead and enter women taking the lead in the how did you hear about us section. Now back to the interview. And Lisa, what is one thing you're working on right now besides this, the Sunday basket, which is pretty exciting. I can't wait to see what that looks like. But another thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share. So my newest book came out June 1st, 2017, and it's called How ADHD Affects Home Organization, Understanding the Role of the Eight Key Executive Functions of the Mind. So I have children with ADHD. I was a teacher of children with ADHD. And as a professional organizer, I would estimate 
estimate about 50% of our clients have ADHD. And ADHD affects how you think, how you process, how you plan, how you organize. And so I've taken the eight key executive functions that are impacted by ADHD and broken each one down as to how they work in the mind, what function they have in home organization, and then strategies and tools you can use to circumvent that disability if you have it. And it's super, super fun. Like I've had people say, you understand how I think. Like, I can't believe you understand how I think. Or when I talk to the doctors in Cincinnati um, at the highest levels, they say, Lisa, you ask us questions that are still in the research phases. Like I have been researching and studying ADHD for over a decade now. And I just, I love the mind, the way it thinks and the way that we can, um, circumvent different things in our mind and get different results. So I'm super excited about how empowering this will be for people who have been diagnosed with ADHD or think that they have ADHD and realize that this really isn't a deficiency. It's just a different way of doing things. And once you realize that, then you can find strategies that work. Right. Because some of the traditional methods for organization or tackling a task aren't necessarily the things that are going to work for a person with ADHD. Yes. And that's amazing. I, I've met several people. I wouldn't say overwhelming. I meet a lot of adults who are so overwhelmed. They say, I think I have adult ADD mm-hmm. or ADHD. And I'm like, well, I don't know about that. But your book would also be a good place to go to kind of resolve that. Well, yes. And, you know, these eight executive functions that we have, we all have these and no one's perfect in all of them. So even if you are not diagnosed with ADHD you know, are all eight executive functions up to the highest capacity they can be? Well, no, not for anybody. So anybody's going to be able to find strategies for that. And after the age of 40, you're actually getting more ADD every year (laughs) because you're losing (laughs) some of your working memory every year. So if you feel like it's coming on more and more in your 50s and 60s, you might be right. (laughs) This, that's perfect. So regardless of what you think you have or don't have, Lisa's book is a great place to go. Um, and I love how you pointed out, like we do, like not all eight of our executive functions are we really good at. And so there are strategies in there for, you know, identifying and overcoming maybe some of your weaker functions as well. And Lisa, on the flip side of things, what would you say is the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now? So for me, my biggest uh, leadership and business challenge is finding business leaders that are at or above the level of business that I'm in. For so long, I was in the direct sales community or I was in a teaching community, so I was around a lot of people. But as a podcaster, book writer, entrepreneur in my bedroom office all the time, there aren't any people around me. And so I use a lot of podcasts to level up my thinking. But as my business gets bigger and bigger, there are less relevant podcasts for me or even at conferences. You know, a lot of the times there aren't very many sessions that I need to go to anymore because I've been to so many conferences and read so many books. Mm -hmm. So finding those higher level um, entrepreneurs to bounce ideas off of and engage my mind in is probably my biggest leadership struggle right now. Mm -hmm. And that's real. And there are some people who are listening to this podcast who can identify with that. I know I've spoken to several women in my community who are the experts in their industry. And so that is the key is finding not only other experts in the industry, but people in different industries to kind of, like you said, change, you know, up level your thinking. 
Um, and I agree with you. Conferences, you know, one day workshops tend to be focused on the beginner or intermediate level of a business owner. And so I find with the advanced business owner, it really is like connecting in mastermind or closed yep. communities, you know, that have, you know, clear parameters around where your business needs to be in order to be in the community so that everyone is, you know, really challenging each other. So, you know, and I love that that saying too, if if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find another room. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Lisa, now we're rolling into a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Uh, I read or listen to podcasts every day. What advice would you give your younger self? Just start. Don't wait for anybody to give you permission. Just do it. Now share with us a success quote or mantra and why it has meaning for you. So I quote these two quotes all the time, which is done is better than perfect and progress over perfection. And I know as a creative memories consultant, a lot of us would say this to people as they were making scrapbook pages. And I don't really know who to attribute it to. But I think a lot of times we don't start because we don't know exactly what the end result will be. And you're never going to know the end result. You may never finish. You're just going to keep taking progressive action towards your goals, your dreams, your home organization, whatever it is you're doing. And lastly, Lisa, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Um, you can go to my website, organize365.com or listen to the podcast, Organize365, or I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Organize365 on all of those. Awesome. And for those of you, I know you guys are often on the run, on the go while you're listening to this podcast. So you know you can find all the links and resources that Lisa shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better. I know I am for having met you. Thank you, Jody. This has been awesome. The cost of higher education has gone through the roof, causing many people to question the value of getting an advanced degree. I know many of you are lifelong learners and are constantly scanning the horizon for the next opportunity to learn and grow into a more effective leader. Seth Godin's Alt-MBA workshop is an intensive leadership and management workshop designed for changemakers who have a fire in the belly. This is for people who are itching to level up and make a bigger impact. It's an intensive, immersive four-week experience of drinking from the fire hose. Is it challenging? Yes, but our friends at Seth Godin's Alt-MBA believe the rewards are so worth it. Ask any of their alumni. While most online courses barely approach a 7% completion rate, the Alt-MBA has an astonishing 96% completion rate. They're now accepting applications for their upcoming sessions. And to find out more, visit altmba.com forward slash women taking the lead. And for special consideration, you can mention this podcast in their application and tell them Jody Flynn sent you. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. 
We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.